Welcome to From All Corners. I'm your host, Maria, and with me is co-producer Valerie. Hi, Maria. It's great to be here with you again. Yes, I'm so excited for this episode. As most of you know, Hong Kong has been all over the news, and today we're featuring two iHouse residents from Hong Kong and mainland China. Before we start chatting with them, we want to be clear that we are not reporting the news, nor are we having a political discussion or debate. Rather, we're providing a platform for our residents who are speaking as individuals and sharing their own personal perspectives. That's right, Maria. So let's dive into some context. To help us understand and contextualize the upcoming conversation on this episode, here's a one-minute summary by way of the BBC. Until 1997, Hong Kong was ruled by the United Kingdom as a colony, but then returned to mainland China. Under the one-country, two-systems arrangement, Hong Kong has more autonomy than the mainland, and its people have more rights. Protests started in June 2019 against plans to allow extradition to mainland China. Critics feared that this could undermine judicial independence and endanger dissidents. The bill was withdrawn in September 2019, but demonstrations continue in Hong Kong, and protesters now demand full democracy and an inquiry into police actions. More recently, Hong Kong went to the polls with the highest turnout of voters in all history, where 452 seats flipped from pro-Beijing to pro-democracy candidates. At iHouse, we have several residents, both from Hong Kong and mainland China. Even though our residents feel comfortable living with each other, there is very little dialogue, if any at all, between them about what's happening now. We thought it would be difficult to find residents from Hong Kong and mainland China that would be willing to speak on the podcast, because it can cause division, spark anger, and potentially put our residents at risk should they oppose their government's policies. And we were right. It was a challenge to find residents willing to share on this public platform. And for this reason, we have modified the voices of our featured guests and will not be using their official names. We share all of this with you because context is key. We want you to know that a conversation between mainland China and Hong Kong is very unusual and therefore very necessary. We're so grateful to our residents, Ella and Alex, for agreeing to be on this podcast. We hope that you, like us, are inspired by Ella and Alex's courage, honesty, and curiosity. Hello and welcome. I'm here with Ella and Alex. So to get us started, Alex, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Hi, I'm Alex. Now I'm the Cal uh, Master of Engineering student, and I was born and raised in mainland China, which city is Xi'an. So if you don't know Xi'an city, maybe you know the Terracotta Warriors. Yeah. How about you, Ella? I'm born and raised in Hong Kong, and now I'm an exchange student here in Cal, studying in the College of Environmental Design. So you're now both here at Berkeley, Ella, you're on exchange, and Alex, you're a full-time master's student. But how did you guys first meet? Me and Alex first met each other in the, in the International House Retreat in August 2019. We are in the same group, and Maria is our group leader. Yes, <laughs> yeah, so we all met each other for the first yeah. time. Yeah, uh, and I thought it was super uh, interesting when I saw the Ella first, because 
uh, we have the different, uh, we have some name tag to say uh, where we're from. And because I'm just from China and my name tag uh, region is China. And because I first time I saw Ella, uh, her name tag was uh, uh, Hong Kong. But I just uh, saw this as uh, super interesting uh, for me. I didn't say anything, just uh, noticed that. Yeah. I remember, like, in our self-introduction, Alex said that he's from China, and I'm just like, oh, it's interesting, but, like, because of the complicated situation in my home country, um, I was just, like, be interested to talk to him later. Could you give us, like, more detail about your own perspective on your home country and also what's happening at home for you? So, to be honest, I, before the situation, to reach the peak, I, I didn't pay a lot of attention about the situation from Hong Kong or like the politics because I thought Xi'an is the inland city. So, actually, what's happening in Hong Kong didn't affect me or my family a lot. But actually, because recent month, the movement or the situation become super serious. So, uh, my friend actually st- who studied in Hong Kong uh, from China, uh, mainland China, uh, affected by this moment because they just uh, stopped the semester and they have to go back China, uh, mainland China to kind of get some protection because maybe studying in Hong Kong is not very stable. So this affect me to pay more attention because I care, uh, care about my friends, their safety or their studying condition in Hong Kong. So yeah, that's my perspective. So I want my friends safe. So as a lot of you know, there is this um, very big movement about the anti-extradition bill in Hong Kong that is going on. So for the background of the uh, movement, it's basically about people not feeling represented in the government because we feel like the government is not acting towards the need of citizens in Hong Kong. Uh, there are a lot of controversies recently, like people are starting to doubt how much influence is the Chinese government actually asserting on the Hong Kong government because there are cases like the uh, Chinese government tried to build these digital lampposts in Hong Kong which detects our faces and they will grade us with marks of how we act on the street. Like for example, when we throw litter, certain marks will be deducted and stuff. So people start to feel the pressure of, of they need to voice out about um, we feel like our own culture is starting to fade off because of the influence. Originally, in our exam from secondary school, which is high school to university, we have Cantonese oral and listening exam, but they are trying to remove it because they don't want us to use Cantonese in these exams anymore. Cantonese is the official language in Hong Kong. So these things kind of make most Hong Kong people worry how much can our government actually do to protect our city. So at first, people started off from, from like peaceful, peaceful protests. There are one million, uh, one million people going out on the street at first. The total of Hong Kong citizens are seven million. So it's one out of seven. And after a few weeks, there are two million people going out on the street. However, the government didn't react at all all these protests and people's kind of emotions of people start to build up even more because they feel like 2 million out of 7 million people in Hong Kong is actually a large number and in such a democratic system Hong Kong is running it's impossible for the government not to react at all but just escaping from the problem 
so the peaceful protests start to give rise to more violent reactions, and people are kind of pushed to be more radical. However, even though the extradition bill is already withdrawn now, there are still protests in the society because a lot of new problems are arising because of the movement. For example, there are already like four thousand to five thousand people being arrested. In the movement, so what is the fate of these people? They are all like most of them are students, but they are charged for a riot, which is which they can be punished to ten years of imprisonment. So it's very serious. There,、uh, we can see there's a big lack of check and balance in the police system, and they do not release information about what ingredients are in the re- weapons. So when people get injured, even hospitals don't know how to. Cure them, and they use tear gas in residential areas, which makes like older people, people who do not participate in the protests, also get affected. So the level of dioxin and cyanide is really high, and there are reporters that report the whole movement kind of get affected and got like really sick because of. Those chemicals in the air, and also like there are a lot of suicide suddenly, but we don't know if it's real suicide or not. Because you know, police arrest people, and we don't know how do they treat them in the police station. And suicide rates are suddenly really high. It is as high as like the total number of suicide in the past ten years in total. So we don't know if these people are actually suicide or being suicide. So it's it has become more of a humanitarian crisis more than just a political issue. And how were you affected during the summer? Were you there in Hong Kong when the protests started? I'm there the whole time when the protests start, and some of my friends' friends, my really close friends' friends, are being arrested, and because tear gas are everywhere, I'm worried about. If my family are affected, are they safe? So I think this really gets me to really think and reflect constantly about what is happening because what I can see now and here is just from news and social media, and there's a lot of two sides. So I need to watch a lot of news and see a lot of live videos of what is happening to get me really understand about the situation and to develop my stance. So Alex, do you want to respond to anything that Ella has said? I just want to mention that it's true the social media bias and we it exists because I saw social media from China uh use some of the words about uh Hong Kong people uh basically we have the words in it's a fengqing means a young cynics means you have angry young people to anti government or like to protest a lot of thing maybe like to. Kind of like a call students to protest a lot, and I think uh the the media the words they use the in media shift our attitude to Hong Kong um people to put the position like to against the whole Hong Kong people. What do you most want to know about each other's perspectives? I want to ask Ella what do you think about the statements Hong Kong belongs to China. It's just my opinion, but I think that it's a must for Hong Kong to be belong to China because the history of Hong Kong and China is very different. Because Hong Kong has been a colony, a British colony, for a long time, and this long period of history kind of really shapes the values of Hong Kong people. I think that because of the different in history, 
the two societies can work in different ways. So I think that the relationship between Hong Kong and China should not be, in my perspective, it is not a hierarchical relationship. It is more based on mutual respect to the two different systems according to the one country, two systems. And I think both can work together if they have conversation and mutual respect. From your perspective, what does exactly Hong Kong want from China about this movement? I think one big misunderstanding in the whole movement is that a lot of because I personally watch Chinese media and I watch some Chinese shows. I follow the Chinese media as well to get a spectrum of ideas of what is happening. So one big misunderstanding I, that I can see is a lot of social media in China, China are trying to shape the whole movement as Hong Kong people wanting to get independence from China, and this kind of make a lot of Chinese people really angry. This is the point why they are so emotional. And I think Hong Kong people are very practical people, and they just want to know actually how much can the government represents them. Because we don't actually know how much control is the Chinese government, like how much pressure is the Chinese government giving to the Hong Kong government, which makes the Hong Kong government don't respond to Hong Kong people.、Um, Alex, I'm interested to know. What are your feelings towards the protesters? Oh, I think the law gave them the rights to protest, but maybe some people, someone didn't use the right way to protest. Some extreme example happened, like they poured a gasping to a person and a fire person in during the protest. Or like another example, I the Chinese a policeman went to Hong Kong to try to make a peace. For the situation, but Hong Kong people just、uh, beaten the police officer. So I think that's why the some extreme situation or some extreme action make people from mainland China super angry about the protest. Ella, what do you think about that? I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I think it's also controversial. There are a lot of news, for example. Police are trying to be undercovers in the protesters group, so they can immediately arrest people when they see them or like beat them up. If we see that you are undercovers, should we should the protesters catch them first before they are being caught by the police? What should we do when we see these cases happen? When the police are not abiding by their rules, there are a lot of things that I don't really know. What is the fact? So I don't know what to think about it, but yeah, I just hope that there can be more transparency in what I can get from the government or the news. Um, Alex, from your perspective, um, what do you think the Hong Kong people want to ultimately achieve? They want more freedom from this movement because you know the fact is that we have the one country and two system policy. So basically, theoretically. Hong Kong is a part of China,、uh, and we hold the different systems. So I don't think they want to ultimately be just like you said. They don't want to be super independent on an independent country because do, by doing that, they put the, themselves in the position that's against the whole mainland China, and I don't think they can bear the consequence of the that action. So I think they want to maybe get back more freedom, maybe as same as ten years ago. So, what do you guys want the other person to understand most about your perspective from all of this conversation? I think the some misunderstood is like、uh, mainland China don't control 
as much as they think. Like lots of people think our system grant lots of freedom for us, but I also get also get freedom for my life. I live a happy life. So they're just a different system. It's not a good system or bad system. It's just a different. Another thing is like in every period, some bad thing happen and some good thing happen. When you ask、uh, why the bad thing happen, you only focus on the bad things. But you can may ask your question, uh, what、uh, I can appreciate about the government or some good thing for that. So yeah, this is my、uh, understanding. I think that one misunderstanding is that it's about like violence. I think no one wants violence. No one wants to get into trouble or、like、get hurt in the process. But why do people feel like the problem is so big that they would be willing to sacrifice their health, getting the risk of getting injured? I think that there are a lot of social problems involved in this movement as well because many people feel like they are not represented for a long time. That their needs are not met. Long time that they feel hopeless about the future. They would rather really be hardcore and in their protest than to just exist in this system. So why do you think it's important to have this conversation? I did an exchange program in Taiwan, so I know even though we hold the different perspectives in Taiwan, actually in that period maybe the similar situation with Taiwan and mainland China. But when I went to Taiwan, actually I saw. Taiwanese is not as the news described, and I thought it's pretty similar to what's happening now. Our attitude to Hong Kong people, like Hong Kong people to us. So I'm curious about how the Hong Kong people say or said about us, or like try to understand more of how the Hong Kong people think, and try to tell my friend that maybe now we hold the wrong, uh, wrong assumption. So you can change the attitude to. That people and got a peaceful conversation. Yeah, I think this conversation is important not only because I'm from Hong Kong and you're from China. It's not only between the countries, but it's also important for the IHouse community to know more about what is happening. Firstly, for us, I think that a lot of misunderstandings actually come from like social media because social media we use and. In China, use is different, so people don't get chances to talk. They don't get chances to communicate with each other and know what each other are thinking about. And in situations like this,、uh, misunderstandings will never end if we don't start the conversation. Well, thank you so much both for having this conversation.、Um, thank you so much, Alex, for letting me know what we see. Yeah, yeah. yeah thank you, Ella, for your perspective about this situation, and thank you, Maria, for talking more. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for hosting. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Oh well, that was an interesting conversation, Maria.、Um, what did you think? What did you find most interesting? I think for me, the three main things I found interesting refers how they both agreed on how it was two systems, just two very different systems, rather than being good or bad. Also, the issue of violence—how the news blurs the lines with that—and the use of extreme violence, and overall, just like the emphasis on, you really need to be proactive and look at other news sites rather than just like ones that fit with your own bias, which I think is really important for anybody. How about you? Yeah, I well, I agree with all the things you said, and then for me also, I think that the both of them humanize the situation for us because they both have friends who are in the thick of it. Uh, and I think that really gives us a sense of how this is reality for 
for people and for the people that you care about. So once again, a, a big thank you to both Ella and Alex for their courage in starting a public conversation to better understand each other. Uh, we often take for granted open and honest dialogue where we are willing to hear each other's perspectives, but it is what will allow for creating bridges between our varying perspectives and will move us forward. Thank you to our program coordinator, Alicia Lopez, for editing and iHouse resident Pierre-Louis Blossier for the music. And thank you to you, our listeners, for tuning in. You've been listening to From All Corners.